You're listening to Creative God, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who are just joining us, we are in the midst of a series that we're actually finishing out today. It's called Creative God. And we've been looking at God of creation, which is where that hymn kind of came out of. Um, The God of creation who created everything that we see. In the beginning, everything was good. And through one bad choice, one other bad choice, one straying and getting a little further away from the light, we have strayed from that original creation. Today, we are looking at the end of the series. But not the end of the heart of God. This is an ongoing, an ongoing recreation that we experience through Christ as Christ's people. Today's uh, sermon is called Within the Lines, Without the Lines. It was too many words for the board outside. <laughs> so we're doing the full sermon. We're not only doing half of it. But it's Within the Lines, Without the Lines. And I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 6. As we pick up verse 11 to 13 and then verse 17 to 18. It will also be on the screen for your convenience where we read. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and it was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, when I was a kid, I used to love to color. I don't know about you, but I love coloring. Every time I would get an opportunity, I'd be sitting there coloring, drawing pictures, doodling in my bulletins, and sometimes with a slap on my fingers, doodling in the hymnals, okay? I love to color. Crayons, markers, chalk, you name it. I wasn't really picky about what I used. I just liked to color things. And I remember our local Pizza Hut when I was a kid, they would always have these little coloring contests. You never knew what it was going to be. Sometimes it had nothing to do with pizza. It was like a Norfin troll that you had a color, and whoever they deemed the best would win a prize. A coloring contest, right? Now, the thing about coloring contests, as you can imagine, when something as important as free pizza is on the line, you take it pretty seriously when you're a kid. So I, I, I pulled out my markers, my crayons, you name it, even pastels. I learned quick, don't use pastels. Because you can't turn in your work very well. It gets all smeary. You never win like that. Crayons. It's too many inconsistencies with the little chunks of wax that may pop up. Don't use crayons if you want to win a coloring contest. If you want to win a coloring contest, you use markers. You use markers. Whether they're thin line or wide line, it doesn't matter. But this is important. Keep those lines uniformed. So you can see every single stroke pattern in this perfectly mapped out linear representation of art. I think that's what art is, right? It's just mathematics and linearness and all that. But it worked. At least I won pizza by doing that. I stayed within the lines, too. That's another very important thing. When you're doing a coloring contest, you want to stay within the lines. 
I would sometimes get three or four of the different papers that you would have to only turn one in, just so if I messed up, I could go back and I could do it again, making sure that I stayed within the lines every single time. That's the number one rule. Today's scripture reminds us of keeping within the lines. Keeping within the lines. During this creation series, we've been looking at everything God has made, how God has made it, why we were made, all of that. And we see that after a while, the picture, it got a bit messy, didn't it? The picture got a little bit messy. Originally, everything was clean and crisp. There were lines laid down for us so that all we had to do was stay within those lines and we would have this perfect pizza prize winning picture every time. But God handed this picture over to us to color in, and it got a little bit messy. Got a little bit messy. So sloppy, in fact, we see now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Whoa, wait a minute. Stop right there. How would you take this news? If you were Noah, and God came to you and said, I'm going to destroy everything. If you were Noah, how would you take this news? After all, Noah was a person, right? Noah was a person. Noah probably didn't think it would be fair that he would be lumped together with the ones who were so gone astray that they grieved God. You know, Noah would be like, God, why would you destroy the entire world, you know, with all of the people in it? After all, Noah was a person and a pretty good person, we see. In scripture, Noah was a pretty good person. He loved God. He spent time with God. It's obvious that God thought pretty highly of Noah if, if God is coming and even having this conversation and saying, I'm going to destroy everything, Noah. Can you pass the salt? I mean, it sounds like a conversation between friends. How would you take it if you were Noah? You see, the problem was God designed everything to work within the lines. But the picture got so messy that God was choosing to just crumble up the paper and toss it away. It's like, it's like this. God was a good artist, but it's, it's kind of like when you leave something that you're working on on the kitchen table and a little two-year-old happens upon it. And before you know it, your work of art is a work of... What do you do with it? My, my daughter does this. Her brother will come in. She'll be working on something. And we're like, don't leave it there. And she leaves it there. He comes in. Oh, the tears start flowing. It gets crumpled up, thrown away. It's not a good scene. That's what we see here in today's scripture. Something that once brought God so much joy and was designed for us to enter into and enjoy forever got messy. So God was willing to just crumple it up and just throw it away. Humanity had strayed, gone outside the lines. No prize, no pizza, okay? The picture was just a mess. And God is disclosing this plan to Noah 
to crumple it up and throw it away. We see the horrific reiteration of what God was going to do here in verse 17. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. Now Noah is probably thinking to himself, why even tell me this, God? Why are you even telling me this? It would be better for it to just to happen. Just to happen. You know, it's kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off. If, if you don't know what's coming, it's not as bad, right? Why are you even telling me this? Noah's probably thinking, why me? Not cool, God. No, why me? I can't imagine what Noah was thinking. But then it happens. This is all because humanity went outside the lines. But then it happens. God does the unthinkable. Verse 18 But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, and you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. God makes a way. God makes a way without the lines. Without the lines that were set in place at the dawn of creation, God makes a way to let creation carry on. God forms a covenant with Noah. You will enter the ark, you and your family, you will be saved from the waters. God makes a way without the lines. God made the lines to begin with, so God can surely make new lines, right? I'm thankful that God is a God who works within the lines and without the lines. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for the lines. I'm thankful for when God works without the lines, a God that is a God of grace a God of salvation, the way of salvation. For God to look at humankind and see something worth redeeming. Even in the broken and messy state of Charlottesville, Virginia. Of bombs being dropped in Syria. Even in the messy state, God looks down and sees something worth saving. The world is not so forgiving. If, if you don't do as you're supposed to do, they'll stick it to you faster than you can say, shoe fly pie, right? They'll just stick it right to you. There are laws that are in place for a reason. And where the law gives lines, you know, some designated coloring space, grace says even when you go outside of the lines, something beautiful can still come of this messed up picture. It's beautiful. This is God's grace. Within the lines, without the lines, our creative God is working to be with us in relationship with us. That is love. That is unconditional love. Humanity broke God's heart. Okay? Humanity broke God's heart, but still the unconditional love of God said, you will enter the ark. You and your family will be saved from the waters. Now, Noah had his work cut out for him. Noah had to build the ark. You know, he had stuff that he had to do. God gave him blueprints, the lines, if you will, for Noah to stay within and to build this massive ark. God, God didn't end there. You see, God had already made a covenant with Noah's ancestors back at the dawn of creation. 
Humankind was given the task of caring for all of God's creation. We saw in Genesis 1, essentially, 1 and 2. All that God made was given for the stewardship of man. That was the first covenant, a covenant of caring. So Noah had to bring all of the animals into the ark, too. Noah had to care for the animals that were already in place. Noah had to carry on with the original covenant of care. God didn't erase the original covenant. God built upon it. That's how God works. God builds upon. God builds upon. God kept covenant even when humanity didn't. And that covenant moved forward to support a new way or a new context of relationship with God. Noah had work to do. And I don't want to go deep into the work because we can get into work versus faith. And that's a different sermon for a different day. Because this is Old Testament and a different time uh, than those living when the apostles were speaking of, you know, work, works, saved by works, saved by faith, all that. It's a different time period. This is the Old Testament. But what I want you to realize is that Noah, in my opinion, was right with God. Says it basically in, in the word, you know, and this work that Noah had to do by building the ark, it wasn't for the salvation of Noah's soul, it was for the salvation of creation. This was for the salvation of Noah's physical life, being able to last longer, long enough to repopulate the earth, part of the original covenant as well long enough to live into or out of the new lines that God had put in place. On the flip side of the great flood, Noah had work to do, hard work, and Noah did it for the love of God's creation. Okay? There was probably some self-preservation in there. You know, Noah wanted to live, obviously. Noah didn't want to perish in the flood. But Noah did it for his family and for the love of serving as God. And also, I believe, for preserving God's creation. All those animals, you don't do that just half-heartedly. All of those animals. I think God was so sick and tired of being upset over the missy picture of humanity, I am sure that God was happy to see. And that God took great joy in the lengths that Noah went to to uphold the original covenant as he lived into the new one. The original covenant of caring for creation. Noah built the ark, Noah filled the ark, did everything exactly as the Lord asked him to, and we see that it worked out, didn't it? You will enter the ark, you and your family will be saved. God made a way to save Noah and his family. How has God made a way in your life? How has God made a way in your life? How have the lines been so ignored? Perhaps there's scribble all over your paper. How has God made a way for you? Today's message is just that. It's a simple one. Our creative God looked down at creation and said, it was good. And when we messed it up, when outside of the lines, God made a way to preserve that which was good. Is it any different for us in our lives? 
Before Christ, we all went outside of the lines, some more than others perhaps, but we all did it. It got a bit messy. Still gets a bit messy. But God makes a way to preserve the good in us and in our world. We have to believe that. We have to. That's part of that covenant of care. I want you to take that away today. God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him may have eternal, everlasting life. That's not within the lines. That is without the lines. Grace is working outside of the lines. Our God shows us grace. Those who have never gone outside of the lines, they don't need grace. They don't need it. But the sad truth is we have all gone outside of the lines. That grace is available to you. Part of God-keeping covenant, God so cared for creation that God made a way. That's why we gather. That's why we sing. That's why we serve. Because God made a way, and God is still making a way for others. Our creative God has done it over and over and over again. So may you have eyes to see. May you have ears to hear and hands to grab a hold of what the Lord is giving us, even now, through the hearing of this word. Because we serve a creative God. And God ain't done yet. Amen.